Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Addie. Welcome to this week's episode of Club Dead, the only True Blood podcast, uh, rewatch podcast out there that's worth listening to. Actually, that's not true. They're all worth listening to. Every every podcast. Listen to them all. Yes. Support content creators. Um, Yeah. Especially now that we're all in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Um, I I joked with a friend of mine today um, saying that I'm convinced it's still last March. Um, um, we just yeah. we just haven't exited first lockdown. <laughs> all oh, of that that's time a terrifying outside, thought. All of all of that time outside <laughs> was just an illusion. No, we'll see because I had a COVID test this week. Yes, please do tell us about your COVID test. Um, it was actually not unpleasant. <laughs> see, I was I, the opposite I, like, with mine. <laughs> no, okay. So my first my first COVID test, um, my husband had, had had visited an area that was considered a close contact. He had visited a couple of hours after the contact had gone, so we went as a precaution. Um, and we had been surprised by the fact that they swab your throat first. Yeah. Which was really weird. And then the first nostril, my left nostril was fine. My right nostril, she went up and took a right and just kind of scrambled my brains a bit. Yeah. Which was really, really painful. And I kind of sneezed all over this <laughs> And I just kind of, I was like making jokes with her that this was probably the most intimate experience I've ever had with anybody, including my husband. So <laughs> if that poor nurse from that hospital is listening. listening. We're sorry. We're, I'm sorry. Um, but this was, this was like, I've, I've had like a head cold. I haven't gone anywhere. I've been, um, my new job sent me home the Thursday before lockdown actually got officially called. Um, and I've gone out twice. Um, and both of those times were to my local Woolworths to pick up some groceries. Yeah. That's the only time I've left the house. I, um, because I'm on a new steroid, my immune system is a little bit suppressed at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm just nervous about leaving my house. I did duck out today because, um, my cats didn't have any wet food and I was like, oh shit, they're going to stare at me all day if I don't go now. So and I didn't being, want them creeping on me. And being chronically ill where like already sort of like oh, just, already there i mean you just sneeze on me and i'm gonna catch a cold <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i i i think like i i jason my husband is like he'll be cold uh, he'll have a cold for like 12 seconds and then be fine i will oh, get yeah. the inkling of a cold and then be gone for three i'll just think about it and i have to have two weeks off work yeah exactly um but i had had you know this kind of head cold and i'm like okay for safety's sake i will go and get a covid test Drove to my local testing centre, which conveniently is like two minutes down the road from my house. Oh, that's awesome. Train station. Um, and they had it all set up. They You check in, you do your bit, you wait in your car. I had some tunes cranking. Um, <laughs> nice. And um, Taking Back Sunday were my uh, albums of choice. Fantastic um, choice. I got in and out in an hour. That's pretty good. Um, it was a little bit funny because the, the COVID testing lady, um, her PPE had broken on her. Um, and like, it was just like her jacket, the, the thing that tied up her jacket. Uh, yeah. She's like, okay, I have to go change this out. I'm like, yeah, you're cool. That's fine. Um, I put my mask back on. She came back. She, I took my mask off because she went to swab me. Um, when she went to open up the swab, the swab broke. Oh, and don't you say swabs, you know, that they're full of, um, ethylene oxide and it's going to kill you. If 
well, that's fine. Something has to. Oh, no, it's just the new thing that COVID <laughs> idiots are complaining about. Um, just so you know, the EO that is in the COVID tests actually is all, like, basically um, aerated out in oh. a, chem- like, a chemical reduction process and, like, kind of like the same way you'd steam an item. And so and- it's not on it at all. <laughs> I'm I'm just of the opinion that I've probably put worse things in my body. Um, I used to do ketamine and MDMA when I was twenty. So, I yeah, look, I'm thirty years old. I'm a millennial. I have done far worse things to my oh. body than put a swab up my nose. I've drunk red bears. <laughs> yeah, we grew up on we we grew up on like original Red Bull. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> probably not that great. Yeah. Oh man, um, like my, the food that I eat is probably going to kill me before. And also, um, a COVID, va- COVID vaccine won't kill you long term because there's no such thing as long term vaccination after effects. No, it's it's <laughs> out. The, the official stance of this podcast is get tested, stay at get home, vaccinated, get vaccinated if possible. Like just just do Protect it. Protect okay? people like Addie and myself, please. Yeah, be kind to your fellow people. Be kind to your fellow fame bangers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really funny because she went to swab me and as she's pulled out the, st- the sterile swab, the swab broke and she just gave this down the like, barrel stare. <laughs> she just was so dejected. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not having a day. And she goes, ugh. Uh. <laughs> just, just threw it in the little, the little de- like the little deposits sharp box thing she had. Uh, she that's so annoying. And I'm like, right, what do you want first? She goes, open your mouth. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> she swabs me up, up. And she goes, cool, you're done. I'm like, yes. Bye. I was so excited. It was like the first time I got to properly drive my car in ages. My husband's oh, been driving yeah. my car in like more than I have. His car gets to come back. Where it's you know it's it was a process. Having a COVID test was the highlight of my week. How <laughs> sad is that? <laughs> I haven't had a high. Oh no, the highlight of my week was probably um. No, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Oh, it hasn't happen. happened yet. The hasn't highlight of your week has yet. been the hour long that we have been. Talking shit because we're socializing with people other than the people we live with. Yeah, exactly. We we were like last week we we're like oh we'll catch up before we wanted to record and then last week just hit us and we we're like you know what let's just not. This week so fucking sucks. But yeah, sorry. We're yeah, back. we did have a week off last week because um we're just over our government and our state and our people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who we're not over? We are not over the people of Louisiana and Bonton. No. Um, I might be a little bit over Amy Burley, but we'll, Already? Get, to we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so this week is season one, episode eight, The Fourth Man on Fire. We finally get to figure out who the fourth man on fire is. Um, and this week's synopsis is Jason and his new friend Amy Burley are desperate to get more vampire blood, so they decide to follow Lafayette to his source. Ooh. Mm. Also, there's a content warning for this episode, which is uh, drug addiction and alcoholism. I think it's really important that you all know that we take a stance on if you're not comfortable with the episode, do not listen. Yeah, we're, we're 100% here. We, we talk we talk shit a lot. Like, there's a lot of shit talking, but yeah. Yeah, if but we not, want to look after you. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking about something that doesn't butter your scone, then we have plenty of other episodes that might. Butter your scone? You put butter on your scones? Ew! I don't know. Do you put I butter haven't... on scones? I don't know. I haven't had a scone in a very long time. Maybe I'm going to make some scones. They're oh so, my god, it just reminds so me. easy. 
What? Just remind, reminds me of a part that's going to come up later where Hoyt is dating. She's, the character's just like, Hoyt, I want you to try my biscuits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll come up. Um, but, yes, content yeah, warning. Right. Content warning. Um, the next couple of episodes are going to talk a lot about addiction. Yeah. Um, if that's not your thing or if it's going to be triggering, probably miss the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about. Um, so yeah, this episode kind of picks up where the last one left off, which is Suki at the uh, vampires. Yeah, the fire, the house where they are nesting, and um, they have removed four coffins from the burnt down home because uh, a whole bunch of rioters and anti-vampire people went over and burnt the house down. Um, Andy Belfour tells Suki that there are four sets of remains and she runs past him to see the remains of a vampire that is bubbling, oozing, grotesque pile of blood where the vampire once was. Shout out to the special effects department. Yes. For 2008, this is stunning. I love, man, even for 2021, like, if I saw this, I'd be like, damn, that is some good work because it is. Good death. It is. It is grotesque. It is. Oh, like, yeah. And when you see them, like, pick it up and stuff like that, it is <laughs> shriny, like, uh... and it is oozy, and it is bubbly, and it That's is disgusting. something else. They paid their dues. Um, I also have a note here that Andy and Suki, uh, Andy versus Suki cage match one, because Andy, like, <laughs> tries to stop her, and Suki's like, you try and put your hand on me, I will snap that bitch off. And Andy's like, she will. Oh, I'm going to step out of the way. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> just, just, he just curtails. He just yeah. He just, it's because he's, he's like, I don't want Suki reading my mind and telling everyone what I'm thinking. Well, I don't know if it's that or if he's genuinely afraid that Suki would just kick his, Beat his ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> so what's really cool is that this is the actual vampire death in True Blood. So they don't burst into flames or disintegrate the way that vampire mythology tells us that vampires do. So they've kind of revamped. Uh, <laughs> the myth- the mythos mythos around how vampires do have their true death. Hmm. Um, so it's really funny. One of my friends, who I have talked about on the episode, uh, have talked about it on episodes previously, is actually watching Buffy for the first time. Oh yes. So on Buffy, they burst into dust. They dust yeah. them. In this, they do kind of disintegrate. They just. It's kind really cool. To, yeah, they. It's really cool because when you do see a vampire die on True Blood, they kind of. <sighs> Turn into a sack of ooze. Yeah, and it's in and stages as well. Yeah, and depending on how old the vampire is, depends on that sort of level of oozingness. Like it, they sort mm. of stack out and that kind of thing, and then they all just kind of, it's like somebody pops a balloon of jelly. Yeah, <laughs> viscera. <laughs> viscera. Viscera, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike is obviously offensive as always and disgusts about how disgusting the oozing blood is. And I was Mike like, does has he a point a- for once. <laughs> he's making a good point. Um, Suki basically, oh, sorry, intro. That's where our... We do have to do the episode about that. We will. Eventually. We're going to discuss it. I'm going to do We're- some like academic research. Ooh. As, as you adjust your glasses. I sat on them the other day, so they're a little oh, bit no. bent. <laughs> it's the second pair I've sat on. So, look, they're both bent now. And this is when, this is the time of year I normally buy a new pair of glasses because uh, my health insurance rolls over. 
mm-hmm. and I can't go get, I've got to go get my like, um, my optical nerve checked for damage oh, every fuck. year. So I'm like, do is that, do I have to go do that still? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I don't, I don't know what I have to do. Anyway. <laughs> so Suki goes home and she's calling Bill over and over again. Um, she sees that she's tracked, tracked mud in and starts cleaning off the floor, but has these really horrible flashbacks to wiping up her grandmother's blood. I just have a note here that says, Suki, you could have used a mop. <laughs> because she's doing it by hand. And that's like a cloth? With... Yeah. yeah. And that's what she did with Adele's blood as well. She's doing it by hand. I'm like, girl, you could have just used a mop. Women in the South, they're right, just... You gotta they do. You gotta get, get down, down and... I was about to say to get down dirty. <laughs> Two great minds. Potato, potato. <laughs> uh, she basically spends a whole day worried if Bill is dead or not because, you know, they've said there's a fourth body. Yeah. Uh, and once she can't again, get hold of him. Yeah, once again cleaning through her anxiety, um, which, you know, we see a lot. And honestly, I wish I dealt with my anxiety like that. I just oh. stress eat. I wish I did something productive. I go into, like, freeze mode where I'm just like, I can't do anything, but I know I have a million things to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Where do I start? I can't do this until I've done that, but then I can't do this until I've done that, and then that stops me from doing that. Executive dysfunction! Yeah! Um, At Tara's house, her newly unpossessed mother is taking out all her old bottles of demon juice. Mm -hmm. She hasn't had a drink all day, and she's made hoe cakes. And, like... The reaction to this is like Tara is like, damn, what has happened? Like Tara is Excuse me. <laughs> Tara is starting to believe this. And honestly, I would forgive Lenny May if there was a plate full of pancakes made from yeah. bacon grease sitting in front of me. And this is not a small plate. This is a mountain of pancakes and they look good. She's put some love into those pancakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's like fresh squeezed orange juice. She's and like getting mama duties on. There is like there is a full buffet of it looks Food so happening. Good. Yeah. I wouldn't mind pancakes right about now. I haven't had pancakes in ages. Uh, Jason went shopping the other day and has there is, there is pancake mix and maple syrup in my pantry. Do you get the pancake parlor pancake mix? I don't know what he bought. I just know it's there. Oh, because I only found out it existed because my seven-year-old niece called me the other day on FaceTime and told me I'm being the mum for the day and I'm making pancakes. And I was like, do your parents know you have the pancake hot plate on and they're like yeah i told dad and i was like where's dad oh he's asleep <laughs> okay was dad conscious when you told him this yeah did dad does dad know what he was saying yesterday <laughs> is dad, was dad aware and then she didn't have pancake mix and i was like looks like you're gonna have to make them from scratch so she went into my sister and brother-in-law's bedroom and was like dad um we've got no pancake mix so you're gonna have to make the scratch pancakes <laughs> does dad also know what he agreed to then but I love that she called them the scratch pancakes. It's very cute. I was like, they're from scratch. You're going to make them from scratch. She didn't even ask what it meant. She just went ahead with it and was like, Dad, you got to make the scratch pancakes. That's fair. you got to make the scratch pancakes. Um, she did I'm, get pancakes. So. I'm sorry to everybody who is listening to us ramble. We haven't recorded in a week. We're kind of rusty. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> immediately we didn't know, we don't know what we've been doing for the last seven episodes. So oh, welcome back. <laughs> um. Something else happens. Uh, Jason wakes up in bed with Amy Burley, who's played by Lizzie Kaplan. Who oh, I love. I love. I hate, hate in this show so much. <laughs> so much. 
um, they agree they felt something in each other. She thinks he's wise. Uh, he points out, nobody's ever said that about me. And I was like, we all know why. Because you're fucking I, stupid. I, I, I hate Amy Burley so much. She's yeah. so well written. Yeah. She's, oh, we were talking about that this week. I was like, I, I hate her so much that I love it. Yeah, we've we've been discussing this. We've, we've been so excited to get back into recording. And I'm like, all right, we're up to the Jason and Amy arc. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So they're like talking about, because Jason Jason thinks that her, uh, that he and Amy have had sex. Yes, which they did it. They just did V and humped, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and what? Amy. <laughs> And Amy goes, no, look, panties still on. And I hate the word panties. Can we come up with another sexy word for underwear, underwear, please? Just underwear. I just, I hate the word panties. (laughs) I hate it as well. (laughs) It's, it's, and like, I'm not a huge fan of knickers because knickers is. A nickname for undies. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, can we just come up with another? I just, I hate it. I hate hate everything. (laughs) It's just eight episodes of me saying, I hate this and I hate that. Which I warned everybody in episode one, so I'm on ground. You've had your warning for this. <laughs> uh, I find it really interesting that she's like, oh, I want to wait for us to have sex. And basically explains that their sexual encounter was a hallucination caused by the V that they had had. And I was like, Jason isn't that smart after all. But the thing is, I I love that Jason is being manipulated by this woman who sees him for what he is. He is dumb and pretty. And she loves it. Yeah, and that this this gets explored really quickly in this episode because she mm. takes him for a whole ass ride real quickly. Oh yeah, um, it gets dark. It gets so dark, and it gets dark quite quickly. Um, because she's also like, oh, I don't like want to put anything unnatural in my body. Um, it, it dilutes the feeling of the V and then they end up at Merlot's later and I'm like, bitch, what you think they put in? Yeah. Like, bitch, what you think they put in the food in Merlot's? It ain't raw. (laughs) Um, Tara goes over to Sookie's house and finds her with her head in the oven and absolutely freaks out. Tara (laughs) thought she was taking the Sylvia Plath option. And it's like, she, I love that she goes to grab her out of the oven and Sookie's like, what are you doing? I'm just cleaning. What I'm just you- cleaning. Like, I'm, you know what I do. I anxiety clean. I'm anxiety cleaning. Get out of here. <laughs> and they, I, I'm going to have another moment where I hate everything. They go in each other so quickly. Sookie acts like a three-year-old and Tara doesn't know how to react to this. Oh, so yeah. she acts like a three-year-old. And they're it's both weird, acting like it? abused children. Yeah, because, um... Tara's complaining about her mother changing and she's kind of oblivious to like Suki's reaction because Suki's like I don't want to hear this like at least I think Suki's like Suki says something along the lines of at least you have parents yes or at least you have a mother who loves you or something like that because like Tara's like this is really weird she's completely changed she made me hoe cakes yeah what the fuck Um, yeah so but at so, the same like, time, Tara is kind of sharing this good news about her mother with Suki in an inflammatory way. But it's yeah. the way Tara communicates when all the time, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's a fight, whether it's love, like that's her language. Tara and- is toxic. <laughs> Suki is toxic. Everybody in True Blood is toxic. Is toxic. But this <laughs> is just, this is how someone with trauma does communicate at 
certain parts of not being healed and not um, having, you know, had treatment for trauma. Yeah. Because you get to, like, a certain behaviour that you always just op- operate at, like a baseline you always operate at, and Tara's just always inflammatory about everything, whether it's good, bad, otherwise. It's... Just assuming that everything that is happening to you is going to be pulled out from under you, so you just yeah. react to it preemptively. Yeah. Um, Been there. Not, yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily being negative. It is just you you assume How do I that, cope? Yeah, exactly. You're assuming that what you are perceiving is realism because you assume that, like, Tara, Tara is, like, in this point of view that, like, her mother is just going to change tomorrow. Like she's seen this happen before. Mm. Um, she's seen her mother go through this like spiral of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad before. So she's just like, okay, my mum made me hoe cakes. Like hoe cakes, this is really weird. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, but isn't perceiving what Suki's going through. And Suki is quite openly broadcasting that she is not having any of it. Yeah. Um, it's really sad that they do get into a fight considering if they just communicated, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and the oven door gets it taken out on it. Yeah. Damn oven door. <laughs> so they go at each other and Suki, Suki and Tara like just go at each other and then Tara leaves and then Suki's like, fuck, and just slams the oven door and then the oven door opens up again. She's like, yeah, and just slams the oven door. <laughs> oh, like, damn, damn you. Damn oven door. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason is um, back at his house with Amy and says that he's really excited to not have sex with her again. But they're out of... I'm so excited to not fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She actually asks him how his parents died and even though he hesitates, he does go on to explain that it was a a flash flood that um, carried them out into the river and him and Suki were at their grandmother's. They were on their way to pick them up and Jason blames himself because if he'd been a better kid, they would have trusted him to watch Suki and they wouldn't have been on the bridge coming home to pick them up. And it's, um, yeah, vulnerable Jason isn't so bad. Uh, it's probably quite more clarity than you would expect from Jason. Hmm. Um I don't know if it's necessarily uh, vulnerability or if it's just misplayed, misplaced guilt. Yeah, of course. Um, but I also feel like he's being manipulated because Amy comes in and she's like, she says that, you know, it's not like his fault and all this kind of stuff. And then they're having this conversation about Suki and all this kind of stuff. And he's talking about how um, he doesn't talk to her um and he's telling her that, like, again, like, he's feeling guilty about it and it's this very much, like, you know, it's clarity kind of thing, but he's being manipulated. Um, and how, like, he fled up at her and he hit her and, oh, you know, I'm the worst person in the world. And it's like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you fled up. But, like, Amy turns around and he's like, um, oh, he says, she brings out the worst in me. I'm like, no, you bring out the worst in you because you're a drug addict hypocrite like you're yeah drug- yeah um i have this i have this huge friend like you know <laughs> you jason doesn't talk to his sister because he's a giant fucking hypocrite drug addict you saw from his grandmother before she was dead in the ground she brings out the worst in me no she fucking doesn't you bring out the worst in you because you have two brain cells and they're competing for third place <laughs> <laughs> sounds right 
The fact he can admit he's the worst brother in the world is probably the only piece of clarity we're going to get from Jason for a long time. And I just feel like it's entirely misplaced. He doesn't deserve the remorse he's trying to get. No, and it's obviously a point of contention um, and explains how he behaves around people. Especially he's got no stable relationships. No. Um, He's terrified of losing people. And he behaves in a completely aggressive and violent manner when he's afraid of losing people. It's worth mentioning at this point, I got really frustrated watching this. <laughs> yeah. And I actually had to stop watching because I was like, we're recording I'll come this back. this week. <laughs> I knew we were recording this this week and I'm like, no, I've got to get my notes done for this week's episode. And like, I'm watching this interaction between him and Amy and Amy's like talking to him about how she's like, no, you're this like really gentle soul and I can see you. And I'm like, fuck off basically and i'm like no i need to stop it's it's drug addicts enabling drug addicts and i've seen people who enable bad behavior i've seen narcissists enable narcissists i've seen the fallout from that kind of thing and i got so frustrated i'm like no i need to stop (laughs) and i didn't come back to it until i I sort of like i was coming back and forth to it and i just i had to stop because i got so shitty with it (laughs) I got so shitty with it. Well, that's understandable, though. I, um... It just goes to show how well this is written if I'm yeah. frustrated with these stupid characters from a TV show ten years ago. Fucking idiots. <laughs> um, I love this next scene with Terry at the bar talking to Sam. Mm-hmm. And Where's Terry Belfler? <laughs> he asks him if he, you know, he says to Sam, oh, you know, were you out running naked in the woods? And Sam says, no, I've been here working on my car. And Terry's like, okay, well, you looked a lot like the guy that I saw. And he thinks, and the really sad thing is that Terry um, thinks maybe he's seeing things again. But I love that he's just like, do you want to see this possum penis I found? Terry is the sweetest. He's so, I love him. He, um, He's great. I have, my, my note is like, bless Terry Belfler and fuck Sam for gaslighting him. Yeah, right? I was like, Terry is so lovely and caring and polite. And um, just doesn't doesn't ter- nobody nobody deserves Terry. They could have told him. Sam could have told Terry. him the truth, and Terry would have been like, "All right." No, see, I feel like you couldn't tell Terry the truth just because of Terry's like PTSD. True. Yeah, he might not be able to take it very well. Like, and yeah, Terry Terry suffers from probably like complex PTSD. He yeah. has you know, really horrific flashbacks. He does hallucinate. Yeah. Um, it does get elaborated on. Sorry, I'm playing with a thing over here as well. Um, <laughs> I'm playing with my, my lip balm because I need to fidget with things. Oh, um, I get it. Neurodivergency. Um, <laughs> like he he is suffering from being a veteran of the Iraq war. Um, mm. And I feel like that you probably couldn't tell him about being different as far as like being one of the soups in Bonton, but I just hate the fact that Sam just so easily lied to him. You can't do that. And to then my tells Terry. a totally different story to Andy Belfloor as well. And it's just like, do you think Terry and Andy aren't going to speak about this? No, but they don't. That's the thing. That's, yeah. Oh, that's, see, that's so weird. As if they wouldn't be like, so I saw, because see, if it was me and my sister, we'd be like, so I talked to so and so and I talked to so and so and we found out this. Like, we'd converge at one point. Yeah, and especially considering they're supposed to be fairly close. Yeah, and the fact um, that they saw a naked man running in the woods. Like, wouldn't you bring it up again? And looked, be like, did you, looked, did you figure out who that guy was? <laughs> yeah, and who looked significantly. 
significantly like their rather close friend. Like, mm. I know, it's so weird. It's such a plot hole. Oh, God. Um, so that night it is raining and Suki is sitting around her house. Um, she gets She's some... literally holding a candle for Bill. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but she... <laughs> So she, she she's, <laughs> she's she's looking she's looking wistfully and it's kind of it brings it's drawing that um comparison to women women waiting for their men to come back from war and she like yeah. lights this candle and then miraculously it's not raining as she's walking to the graveyard and the ground is dry it's still, and it's barefoot. <clears throat> it still sounds kind of like it's raining on the trees, but doesn't look anywhere like it's raining. Like you can still hear like spitting on the trees and that's yeah, but it. it's like dirt dry. <laughs> yeah. And she's like walking through. It would be money. Yeah, it would be money. And she's like in this dress, like she's in this um, yellow and white dress, and it's like a sundressy sort of thing. And she's barefoot. And I'm like, girl, you'd be getting mud up all, like up all your leg. Um, and Dirty. so she's taking she's taking flowers to Bill's grave. Yeah, that grave doesn't have a body in it, and you know it. <laughs> she's look. No, it doesn't have a body in it. She's being polite. I mean, there's no point because <laughs> nobody's going to know about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it's really funny because my my notes here say, "Girl, that body, that grave don't even have a body in it, body there, and you know it." And then as she's walking away, she gets zombied. Yeah, because she gets grabbied, and it's whoops, my mistake. <laughs> I love when um, Bill is crawling, like clawing his way out of the dirt, and he's like, "Suggy," <laughs> and I was like, "Ah." fucking zombies and he's like Suki and she doesn't even and then they start having sex just immediately in the grave and I'm like don't run around in the dirt you are gonna get a UTI yeah that's how you get a UTI folks Um, don't don't do it and I think he bites her boob yeah because she's like not the neck and he's sort of he's trying to figure out where does he bite you the rib cage he's like trying to figure out the logistics of where to bite her that's why I was like, does he bite her boob? I imagine he does. Is it like a little does. is it like a little booby popper or something? Just a little, a little booby blood bag. <laughs> How much blood do you think are in your boobs? I don't know. I would imagine it would be like dependent on cup size. And then if like I would imagine it would imagine like blood vessels, ac- yeah. Yeah, but then like imagine if you act like if you bit somebody who had um like implants, would imagine if you mm. accidentally pissed You'd have to go on that TV show Botched and be like, well, I had a vampire bite my boob. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And they'll be like, uh, oh, remember man. how Remember how you weren't asking them questions, folks? We're answering them for you. There you go. These are the questions you're all thinking. You'll have to go on Botched <laughs> if, a, if a vampire bites your booby bags open. <laughs> your bo- <laughs> oh, I thought fuck. about getting booby bags and then I put on 10 kilos and now I do not need booby bags. Yes, yeah, same. Nice. The COVID nineteen just went straight to my chest. Yeah, and my bum that can go because I can't fit into half of my jeans. <laughs> You're same, hey. <laughs> I'm just like, oh come on, this pair too. So and now I wear paper bag jeans that have elastic waists. <laughs> but honestly, they're the best ones because you go out to eat Korean barbecue. But yeah, they're the ones you wear. Yeah, exactly. It's it's oh god, I miss Korean barbecue. I oh, miss I just, civilization. I miss fresh air. I mean, I could go out the backyard, but or the front no. yard, or open a window. But it's winter. It's cold here, everyone. Um, 
Anyway, moral of the story, don't run around in the dirt, you're going to get a UTI. Yeah. Uh, Jason and Amy go to Merlot's where she's all into the dead animals. She talks about the circle of life. But also doesn't put anything not pure and natural in her body but ends up at Merlot's to have chicken fried steak. I don't understand, but Jason says he wants to lick your mind to her. (laughs) Why does it sound like something a fuckboy would put on their Tinder bio? It is. It's straight from pre-Tinder bio dating. Uh, I have a question. What does a brain taste like? (laughs) Um, as far as I know... I need know, to Google this. Okay, hang on. What does a brain taste... Yeah, you're faster than me. Black. What do brains taste like? The texture is easy to describe. Creamy but firm. Overly like curdled yogurt or lumpy tofu. Yeah, but that's consistency. I want to know, like, taste. Is it salty? Is it, the like... The taste is unlike any other part of the animal. Um, no. Human brains. Um, I don't... I'm. This is off serious eats. Um, the brain is... the Both brains and sweetbreads possess animalistic flavour that's neither... Iron intensive like livers or gamey like the kidney beans. Brains uh, also taste somewhat firm, like a firm fish roe, although without the fishiness, of course. I mean, that okay. doesn't help me. I mean, human brains, there's like some liquid. I want to know what the liquid tastes like. Okay, hang on. Please don't put me on a list. <laughs> list. I'm already on one. What do you think I'm. Human I'm... brain. Liquid. Brain liquid. What does a human brain look like? What does a human brain taste like? What does a human brain smell like? Taste. No, that just smell determines back. taste. That just takes me back to Serious a slate article on this. What? Excellent. What does a human brain actually taste like? The flavor oh. of brains. Explained. Oh, get out. <laughs> um... Yeah, this just links back to the serious eight scene. Who said I'm going to have to do a deep dive into this on Google later tonight at 3 a.m. when I can't sleep. <laughs> Did I tell you about my Godzilla deep dive? No. <laughs> so I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before I watched like the latest Godzilla films. So um, the last three that have come out with like a Millie Bob Brown in them. Mm-hmm. And um, the one before that with uh, Brian Cranston. And so I spent three or four hours researching Godzilla's enemies and his allies. I mean, this is still not the weirdest thing that I've researched for this podcast. That still involves paralysis for penis. So, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, everybody needs to know if everybody's on Godzilla's side. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Godzilla's side. I'm on Godzilla's side. I'm always on Godzilla's side. Yeah, same. Giant lizards get, I'm with it. Uh, He's a kaiju. I've been correcting giant, everyone. Giant space <laughs> lizard. So Jason's, uh, Jason's... He's from Hollow Earth. Jason's favourite movie is Pacific Rim. Pacific, I love Pacific Rim! It's specifically so the, Specifically the first one. Yeah. And so my my thing about the Australian... The, the Australian... Battle robot, scene? Yeah. Yeah. Is that um, the, the robots are strike a rough cunt. Uh, they're rock'em sock'em robots and it can't be accurate <laughs> because it's... One... <laughs> There's no glass. They aren't glassing each other. (laughs) (laughs) There's no beer bottles. There's no beer bottles. But my favourite part, when we want to get each other's attention, it's like, I think we just pissed it off. (laughs) 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 
I loved, I'm going to watch those films this weekend. I love, I love Pacific Rim. It's so good. I I have grown to enjoy it. I still hate it. I have grown to enjoy oh, it because it. of my husband's boy-like enjoyment. For it. That's remember, me with them. I remember one day we were watching it in bed. It was like nine o'clock at night. We were just, I think we were about six months into our relationship. And he's doing the sync movements. <laughs> Where they're like, foo, foo, foo. yeah. So they're like doing the the, the mind melody yes. thing yeah. with the rock'em sock'ems. This this is literally what I call them. They're rock'em sock'em robots. Um, <laughs> And he's doing the like the thing where they sync up together, and he's doing it in bed. And I'm like, "What? I want to marry this man. I, marry, oh, I, I genuinely you, married. You this actually man. married that man. I genuinely married this man. <laughs> I, I claim ownership over this man. I love this man with all of my heart. Yeah. See, that's how I feel about Pacific Rim. And Ned's like, okay. <laughs> but also he, but also he married me, and I used to be able to do the opening rap to Robin Hood Men in Tights in German. So. <laughs> I actually adore that about you. Um, Maybe I'm going to marry you. That's fine. That's fine. We can all be married. It could be a completely platonic marriage. Is there benefits Um, from platonic marriages? Probably not. Remember how this was a true blood podcast? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can we name this this podcast Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yes. 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 Yes, we can. I hope people, um, uh, anyone who listens to this would know what Rock'em Sock'em Robots are. Um, <laughs> you're old enough. If you're not, look Google. Yeah, Google Google Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Um, so at Merlot, Sookie runs in, apologises to Sam for being late, and <laughs> he gives his condolences for Bill dying. My, my favourite my favorite part of this is that Sookie's like, oh, he's not dead, and Sam looks so uh, disappointed. He's Heartbroken. So disappointed. It's just Sam, turn it down a notch. All right, don't let everybody know you're upset about it. She's like, oh, he's not dead. He's like, he's He's fine. He's he's not. No. Oh. 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 My. It's like the hello darkness, my old friend. Me. Hello darkness, my old friend. My favorite part. I have a note here. I don't know if you noticed this. Arlene, before Sookie runs in, Arlene's like, where's Sookie? She left us hanging and she puts up this huge plate of food. Her hair is hanging out in the cream spinach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they can't, you know, it's my lot. Oh, you get what like, you pay for. And then I also have a note, shut up, Amy. I only eat good, pure things is in my lots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before that, um, uh Suki actually is speaking to Arlene. I can't remember what about, um, but she hugs her saying, I love you, even if you are a bigot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sometimes. I'm fucking trying all the time. Yeah, there's there's a lot happening. Oh, yeah. Suki goes on to tell Hoyt and Renee that Bill got her voicemails, that something might be brewing, and he decided to sleep in the cemetery to be safe because they weren't sure if they were burning down Bill's house or the vampire nest. Renee wonders who the fourth body was. Sookie says that she thinks oh, it's it was... just some fangbanger. Oh, just some fangbanger. Some fangbanger, she says delightfully. But also, oh yeah, because we don't know who it is yet, so mm-hmm. um, we can't tell you until the till we get to that bit. Um, someone um, that just hangs her, you know, we know what a fangbanger is. Um, so for someone who can hear what people are thinking, she doesn't seem to register the disapproving looks on Hoyt and Renee's faces, because she explains what a fangbanger is to them. And they're kind of like, what? If you join our Discord server, you too can be a fangbanger. We will um, 
yeah, we will actually assign you the role of fangbanger. So oh, our bot will if we can be bothered doing that. I don't know how to do that. Oh no! Oh, it's a role react. I can do that. <laughs> Again, we're good at this podcast thing. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing uh, it. Amy's delivering Suki's order while um while Suki is just talking with Renee and Hoyt and catching everybody up. And Suki doesn't oh, seem to. She's just socializing. She's just doing the rounds. Doing the rounds. Suki's not too stoked to see Jason there. Um, but he actually really wants her to like Amy. Um, My favorite part is that Arlene's like, How did you know this works? And she's like, oh, I used to wait tables in college. I just assumed it worked clockwise. So, like, tables yeah. one, two, three, four. And Arlene says to Sam, um, I think we have a um, replacement for Dawn. And then Suki goes, and it looks like you do too. And Jason <laughs> walks off and I'm like, damn. Get him in the hurts. Just she gonna get some ice for that burn because she walked <laughs> oh, yeah. off the kitchen. <laughs> oh. uh, Jason's face was just like, what? Oh. <laughs> like oh. a revelation. He was like, oh, mm. <laughs> he just went, Oh Lord. He, like, he like hangs on to he hangs on to Amy and kisses her head. Like, did you hear that? <laughs> Please don't ask questions. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> um, this scene is so freaking good because uh Tara's at home um and she is uh Is she? I've got Tara's, Tara's out the back hanging out washing, I think. And oh, yes. um, Tara and uh, her mum comes around dressed up for church with another woman, and they're basically talking about how Lady May has changed. And obviously, Tara is kind of dubious about her mother's unpossession, and she's just really incredibly rude to the church woman's suggestion that she go to church sometime. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you got a demon," and Tara's just like, "No, y'all can fuck off." <laughs> But she drops some real truth problems on people, and I kind of like Tara's bluntness when it comes to things she don't want to do. Yeah, I'm going to preach Tara. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just don't do it. Um, Yeah, because the woman woman from church is like, oh, you know, like she was gone from us for two years. Like, Lady Mary's gone from us for two years. We just welcomed her straight back. You know, maybe some church would do you good too. And Tara's like, fuck no, bitch. No. I don't want that. No, I don't no. Think so. y'all are y'all are up yourselves anyway. I don't want to have to go like making a words like wearing a wearing a fancy hat doesn't make you better than anybody else. Yeah, and I, I I like that she does point that out. That you know, at the end of the day, you're just all still sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reach. And I was like, I know them. I know them feels. <laughs> um, so back at Malotte's, Arlene is uh, discussing how her babysitter fell through, and Terry offers to babysit for her. But she says, you know, um, uh, she's talking. Uh, she's talking about how Terry. She would prefer it if Terry had a, a lady friend. And Terry's yeah. like, I haven't had a lady friend since I came back from Iraq. Mm. But he's also telling Arlene how much he likes her in her clavicles. <laughs> and I'm like, bless you, Terry Belfler. Yeah, he says. Um, your clavicles need to be somewhere else. <laughs> something. He's just like, he's trying to really awkwardly like lovely. flatter her or something like that. And she's like really taken back by it and just like really flattered. Yeah, it's really and nice. I, I love Terry, Terry Belfler. I just want to hug the man. I know. He has to be one of my favorite characters besides like the ones that I hate so much that I love, like Maxine. <laughs> I, gen- I genuinely, 
I genuinely love Terry Belvler. He is a teddy bear of a man who is just broken. He's beautiful. And I I love the way that he's written, not just because he's like a genuinely kind person in this cesspool of toxic people who just need to be eaten Shit. by alligators. But I feel like they approach his PTSD really well. They don't make they don't necessarily make it his overall thing like it is a side part of him and it does come out a lot but it's not like a whole thing he's trying to reacclimate he is a veteran he's trying to reacclimate and he's trying to like reconnect with people yeah and And, they all see that yeah and they don't necessarily like warn like like hold off on that like yeah with this interaction with Arlene they're like he's like she's she's like oh that's actually a really sweet thing for him to say to me um and that's something that they will connect on later down the track. Yeah. I love them. Uh, I love them so much. Uh, Amy and Suki are chatting as they clean up their tables because Amy now works at Malotte's. Yeah, Amy just has a job. She just has a job. I wish it was that fucking easy for everybody here to find a job. Right. Uh, so Suki tells Amy that her brother is a dog and will stop calling as soon as he's tired of her. She has not a single nice thing to say about her brother and basically makes backhanded comments towards Amy. Uh, she tells Amy, look, you're a sweet girl, but I don't want you to get hurt. And then Amy's like, oh, I don't think you really know your brother. She's like, your brother, oh, like, okay. your brother, your brother, like, has this really sweet soul and, like, he's a really genuine person. He's really, really smart. And so he's like, I'm sorry, are we talking about the same person? But, like, is Amy presumed to tell Suki about Jason when Suki watched Jason's, two of Jason's conquests get straight up murdered? Yeah, hi. <laughs> like, who the fuck is she? Oh, my God. She's been around for two days and she's like, I am Professor of Jason. So. Um, me and Jason have connected on a spiritual level. I don't know if you know how deep he is. <laughs> Bitch, he has the depth of a fucking dry spoon. <laughs> I love that. Like That's I said, so he's, mean. Got, he's got two brain cells and they are competing for third. Maybe he even last place. He couldn't pull water out of a boot if the instructions were on the heel. No. He he has, uh, he, look, I think he's meant to be the horrible bimbo. Not like, a, you know how himbos are like that cool character that you love? Like Hoyt's a bit of a himbo. No, I don't like Hoyt either. Yeah, he gets worse though. I mean, he's okay for <laughs> It is really funny. There is a really funny <laughs> interaction with, um, with Tara and Hoyt. Yeah. Hoyt's like, oh, that's a really pretty car- t- color on you, Tara. And Tara's like, fuck off, Hoyt. And like, I'm sorry, was that sexist? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which I love because she's like, fuck off. I'm like, um, just so confused. He's like, what are they? What? What? What do you mean? But at this point, Sam is actually pouring out all the true blood because he's like dead set serious about having no vampires in his bar. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's like, I am done with these bitches. Yeah. Um, so he pulls Tara into the office and she is expecting to be absolutely chewed out at this point because she's like, work. <laughs> she just yelled at Hoy, who's a customer. <laughs> and he was very confused. Yeah. Oh, poor Hoyt. The, the look on Hoyt's face, though, it cracks me up. She's just like, what? And Hoyt, Hoyt, does, not, Hoyt does not understand women at all. No. Like, he never ever learns to either. No, and, like, there's there's the, 
the, the woman from a few scenes, a few episodes ago that ends up hooking up with Jason. <laughs> yeah. He like walks over to her and he's like talking to her and he comes back and he's like, yeah, might go home with her if uh, if things go well. And Jason's like, what do you mean you might? <laughs> what? what? Just go, go home. Yeah, oh. he's not too smart. Um, so <laughs> in the side of the office, Sam goes on to say that you're the, you know, we're the only ones that get it. And then, uh, they just, just start making out against the door. And I, my, my, my thing here is literally just, what just happened? What, what are they what? doing? They, they literally just hate fucking. That's yeah. what it is. Because again, their, their relationship is so contentious and it is so mm. built on, it's not mutual respect and it's not mutual admiration. It is mutual hatred of the situation that they are in and hatred of themselves at this point it is yeah it's 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 just working out their self-loathing with their sexual interaction with their interactive parts (laughs) (laughs) with their mashy parts with their little uh compatibility parts yeah with with their interlocky bits (laughs) i'm just mashing fingers in front of my (laughs) microphone at this point it's just a no. Oh, is that how you... Oh, ew. 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 It has sex. Sex is gross. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the thing. If my, if my entire <laughs> experience with sex was this, like, series, was this TV show, I would not want to have sex with anybody ever. I wouldn't want no. another human being to touch Do me. Do not touch me. You're no, all grubs. No, I would lock myself in a vault. You're all grubs. Yeah, because, like, all of it looks awful and awkward <laughs> and then this episode has had people having sex in the dirt. Yes, true. Like, don't, I wouldn't, don't do that. I wouldn't want another Not recommended. No. No. Zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> you don't recommend. Um, so later that night, Bill and Suki, well, later that afternoon, evening, mm. um, Suki's asking him if making love for more than 100 oh, years... Uh, <clears throat> So I was like, Bill says that there's nothing more natural than making love. I'm not a prude, but the words making love make me dry heave, just so you know. <laughs> and the funniest part is... Sex is does she... not equate to love. <laughs> My note here is, all right, but Bill totally tells Suki that she's not like the other girls. Of course he calls it making love. Doorbell rings. Arlene and the kids have arrived. And Arlene's a little bit surprised that Bill's there, but um, Suki basically says, sorry, he's staying. And Arlene leans down, handing the children silver bracelets and tells them to stick close to Arnie Sook. And then she's like, who wants pizza? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Arnie Sook. You're the best. (laughs) That's all you win kids over is with pizza. Oh, pizza and ice cream. Yeah. Um, in another bed somewhere else, Tara and Sam are also basking in their post-coitus, whatever that is. Um, when he, pillow, the post-sex pillow talk. Yeah. Which he goes on to praise her for her um, <laughs> her naked skills. And Tara's um, like, oh, yeah, you're real good. And he's like, yeah, you're not too bad. And she's like, oh, excuse me, what? Because he goes on to say that. Um, but Tara doesn't take it well to people treating her nicely so automatically reacts in a um she she arcs up basically yeah and she's like what do you mean and he says well um you grunt so this whole interaction is literally like i I have a note that says tara jump down off the molehill yeah (laughs) because he's like the way that he says it like she's like oh yeah you're really good at this he's like oh yeah you're not too bad yourself like Mm. it's not like if my if jason had said that to me i'd be like haha Thank you. Um, yeah, I you know finger guns and 
and be seedy as fuck because that's just who I am inside. Yeah. <laughs> a creepy old man. Yeah, exactly. I'm a creepy old sex offender. Um, that's um, me too. But, but he, the, she's like, oh, okay, don't like jump straight to the flattery. And then she immediately starts picking at this. She's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm not so bad. Like, what yeah. would you improve? And he's like, oh, you just like, you do this thing. It's like, it's not bad. It's actually like kind of cute. Yeah. Grunt. And then she's like, oh, what? Like Serena Williams. So because I'm black, I must be Serena Williams. He's like, no, that's not what I said at all. And that's not what he said. No. But again, she is picking and picking and picking. Because she doesn't she want needs- that closeness. Yeah. She doesn't want to be vulnerable. She doesn't want this. She wants that distance. Yeah. And again, she has been physically and emotionally vulnerable with somebody and that scares her. So she puts on the brakes. She stops that. She picks at it, jumps on the molehill, makes it a mountain and runs down the other side. Yeah. And she gets up to leave and um, she calls Sam a racist. And his response is, how could I be racist? I just had sex with you. <laughs> yeah. Not the best response to that. No. What the fuck? It's just it's like nothing say- to do with anything. It's just like saying I can't be homophobic. I have gay friends. Oh, <laughs> my like- God. I can't it's be not- racist. I have a black friend. I can't be, I can't be racist. I just fucked a black woman. Oh. It's, it's not it's not the response white, i'm gonna call white people just wps for now uh wps are weird and yep. just just say the dumbest white, shit are white people okay it's basically are the heteros okay and are the white people okay it's just um suki and bill bill who is fantastic with children I have, I, I, there was this whole this whole scene i'm like is he do i like him do i like you bill and because they're like talking about um, the the kids are like asking Bill and Suki if they're together. Is Bill like yeah. a boyfriend or something like that? And Bill's like, oh well, I guess I would have to ask your permission. Like he's talking to to Kobe and Lisa. Like I would have to ask your permission. Yeah. Um, and and Lisa's like, do you bring her flowers? And he's like, no, I haven't. I guess I'd have to remedy that. Um, and then she's like, oh well, Renee brings Mama flowers all the time. Um, and then Kobe goes, can we see your fangs? And Suki's like, mm, no. no. And, he's like, yeah, sure. and he turns around and he has two little waffle fangs that are dipped in like strawberry sauce. And he's like, Rah. I love it. Because he also tells the kids that he is lactose intolerant. So he can't have ice, ice cream. cream. <laughs> and I just love it. Um, it's so infuriating that he is this good with kids. And yeah. then remember that he had He missed out on raising his kids. Yeah. Um, it's just infuriating that I liked him in this part. Because yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, fuck. <sighs> um, anyway, so Arlene and Renee are stopped in the woods and she's really in a rush to get back to the kids, but he needs to change his tire. Mm-hmm. He asks her to bring him the flashlight and when it doesn't work, he tells her to check the batteries. And you know inside, why it doesn't work? Because <laughs> there's a ring in there. There's a ring and he's and down he, on one knee. And you know he proposes, what that means. And then I love how she's like, why didn't you say anything at Red Lobster? Red Lobster. <laughs> Which is like the <laughs> on-brand Arlene thing yeah. to say. Like, why didn't you say anything at the Red Lobster? Because you know she wanted to be the centre of attention. Yeah. It's so funny. I kind of like Arlene when she's not being a bigot. Yeah. Arlene, Arlene is my, like one of my favourites because, again, she's written so fantastically. Weird, but it's also willful. She's written in a way where she is willfully ignorant. Yeah, it's it's that thing where she's like, it's just how she was raised. And yeah. So it's not necessarily her being 
aware that she's being a bigot. She's just like, this is just how it was. And and she does make, and like later on in the series, she does make strides to change that. She identifies it and makes strides to change it. She might not necessarily achieve those goals, but she does understand that like, you know, these are people, like she needs to change it. Um, And she just has really bad interactions with people and that means she can't do it. But like, she's just so funny. (laughs) She's so funny. Um, so back at Sookie's, Arlene and Renee share the news with Sookie and Belle. And Arlene says... I've done it four times before, but it never gets old. And she actually asks Sookie to be a bridesmaid again. Renee uh, says maybe they'll be next and pauses awkwardly. Obviously. Uh, When they uh, make it legal. uh, Human vampire marriage isn't legal. (laughs) Because they have to pass the vampire rights amendments. Yes, which is what Nan Flanagan is, um basically i don't know what the word is like uh lobbying for yeah she's lobbying yeah she's part of the the vampire rights league or the vampire yeah yeah, the 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 vpl the vrl vampire league trl vampire league of i don't know i can't remember they get really important later on so yes um (laughs) (laughs) i've just remembered why the vampire the the vampire rights amendment doesn't pass (laughs) yeah It's real funny. Um, so later, Sookie comes down for breakfast. Sun is streaming through the window as Bill reads the paper. He's cooked her a huge, big, amazing breakfast. Um, all based on all based on Adele's recipes. All on Adele's home recipes. And when she points out it's daylight, Bill turns to the Ooh. side and his face starts bubbling. He bursts into flames and Sookie wakes up alone. This this comes into play later. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this whole like thing. She's just kind of having this realization because, um, they've obviously had this interaction with the kids there. Um, Renee has said, oh, you two will be next. She's now picturing her future with Bill very immediately. Um, and now she's like starting to realize the things that she can and can't do. Yeah. Um, and now it cuts back to Merlot's. Uh, or have I missed a section? Um, we just see a scene where Mike gets a call from the sheriff telling him that his assistant Neil was ID'd as the fangbanger that they had found. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Is uh yeah, the little emo guy that you saw well Fantasia. also at Fantasia a couple episodes back. Because remember when they're bringing out Adele, he says, Oh well, I hope you don't recognize me. Um I was dressed so differently then. Yeah, that's that's him. That was yeah. him. That's so sad. Yeah. I love Neil. It was, it was my little emo friend. We we love our little baby emos. Mm-hmm. Our emus. Our emus. Our emus. Uh, the sheriff and Andy talk. Well, Sheriff Dear, Dearborn. Dear, is it Dearborn in this? But Dearborn. Dearborn. Okay, yep. I thought I was thinking of a Stephen King novel then. And <laughs> Andy talked to Sam, who has little information on the night the men set out to torch the vampire house. And Sam says, maybe you should work on the murders of Mordette, Dawn, and Adele and not worry about what happened at the vampire house. Andy leaves, but he comes back in asking Sam if he recalls spending any time in the woods lately. Sam says yes, but Andy already knew that. Sam goes on to explain that he came from a family of naturists, which is a clothing-optional lifestyle. His parents spent most of their life at a nudist colony in Texas. He says ever since they died, he honours their memory once a year by running naked through the woods on a full moon. Sure. That's... <laughs> Seems legit. Seems legit. Why wouldn't he tell that story to Terry? 
You really want to like torture Terry any more than he's already been tortured, though? <laughs> Look, probably not. Um, uh, Lafayette and Tara are talking about uh, the exorcism, and Lafayette's like, "You got conned." Um, and Sarah says, uh, uh, "Sarah, Tara says that's kind of messed up because you know the exorcism worked." Uh, compared to a lifetime of Zoloft, four hundred and forty-five bucks is a bargain. Yeah, and Lafayette's like, "Well, maybe you didn't get conned. If this is working, then you know it." it go it, with it. Yeah, go with it, and mm. maybe an exorcism would be good for you. Like, if it worked for your mother, then exercise your own demons. Do it. Ah, I keep hitting my watch. Um, Sam walks in on Sookie taking a vitamin and later goes through her belongings to identify it as B12. Because she's like, he's like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm taking vitamin. And he's like, I've never seen you do that before. And she's like, well, you've never seen me put on deodorant before. Or brush my teeth. Yeah, do that too. And yeah, he snoops through her shit, which he has no right to do. I swear to God, I'm going to punch Sam in the head. I hate him. I hate him so much. I'm just going to go... Give him an elbow. Fucking hate him. Um, Jason picks up Amy, who is jonesing for some V, but... Uh, they don't got none. They're they don't out. got none because Lafayette refuses to sell it to him. For good reason, by the way, because they still haven't learned from the last time. Yeah. Remember when he gave uh, himself the, 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 the eggplant erection? <laughs> that thing looks like an eggplant. It's the origins of the eggplant emoji. History facts with Cat and Addie. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Cat and Dr. Addy. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor of medicine or anything. Uh, just because university is spelled incorrectly doesn't make me any less of a doctor. Just because I bought my certificate online does not mean I am not allowed to talk about the history of emojis. Oh, you bought yours? I found mine in a Kellogg's box. Oh, you're lucky. No, I had to mm. pay like 40 bucks for mine. I got mine with the Age of Empire. CD? Oh, fuck, I got ripped off. Right. <laughs> I miss those days when CD disc things were in computers. Um, <laughs> disc drives. Words hard. Make, Words are hard. <laughs> make go thing work. <laughs> Um, so we cut across to Bill's and he comes home and senses that there is somebody in his house. He goes up to find Eric in the hot tub, surrounded and by candles. He just looks really disappointed. Honestly, if I found like, Alexander Skarsgård in my hot tub, surrounded by two candles, I would be far less disappointed. I'd be, like, surprised. Far less disappointed. I mean, I think Eric's also disappointed that Sookie didn't find him. Also, can we just talk about the wig that they have? Oh, my God. I was just about to say something. (laughs) It looks horrific. He's a blonde man. Like, you do not need to give him a wig. It looks like straw. He looks fucking ridiculous. It's okay. We're getting rid of it shortly. It's fine. Oh, I didn't even know vampire's hair grew. Well, I imagine, like, they still have to, like, we've seen bathrooms and stuff like that. Like, they still have bodily functions I think have we? Do they, do they piss shop. blood? I don't know. Do, do kidneys they... still work? I don't think so. Because they still drink like it would still have to Yeah but it just I think it just goes into their bodily like it gets absorbed into their skin and stuff the same way like water does for us. Yeah but we like still nutrients. have to get rid of all the bits out. Oh my like God. I have to really take a leak. 
that's interesting. I've had a, I've, I've had a liter of water. Everybody, we've been recording I've had a for an hour and cup of we, juice. Like we, 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 we have also been talking shit for an, like half an hour previously. Previously, so. yes, yes. Um, he Eric goes on to say that he has a favor to ask Bill, and Bill asks, you know, is it a favor or an order? And it cuts to Eric, and sa- he says, honestly, did you think that you could keep her to yourself? He's figured it out. He has. He's a smart boy. He knows. I mean, it was quite telling. He but <laughs> he, he, I don't think he knows. Like, he doesn't know, but he knows. He's, yeah. he's onto something. He's, got, he's like, I know you've got something special. Um, Amy and Jason are outside Lafayette's house, and uh, they're waiting for him to pack up and leave because Amy is basically tweaking at this point. They, what she's what she's done is she said, well, if he won't sell it to us, we're going to follow him to his source. Yeah, which is really fucked up um, because I don't think Jason would ever do this kind of addict behaviour. Again, being manipulated by a pretty yeah. girl with boobs. Who's like, well, this is a great idea. And she tells him the best way to follow um, Lafayette's car and tells him, dim your lights, stay a bit behind. And she has to make him heaps more suspicious. And thing is, though, she hasn't told him of the plan. She's just said, we're going to follow him to the yeah. store. So he thinks, oh, maybe we're just going to put, like, some masks on and grab the, you know, the cooler off Lafayette when yeah. he comes out? That's yeah, what he just... probably thinks it is. Yeah, they, they, she has not told him the plan, and we're not mm. going to tell you the plan either. No. Um, yeah, so they follow Lafayette to Eddie's house. Yeah. So Eddie is an older man who is slightly dorky, he's middle-aged, and he's also a vampire who watches a lot of anti-vampire TV. He's, he's really funny. I think he's just watching it for the propaganda and stuff like yeah. that. There's a thing with Steve Newell earlier and yeah. like later on. I can't wait till we get to the Steve uh, Newell The Newlands, I love the, the actress that plays Sarah Newland. She's in Pitch Perfect. Yeah. She's so good. I love her. She's in a few other things, but I just can't remember them off the top of my head. But, yeah, she's great. I think she's awesome. Um, yeah, so he, Eddie, who he's really polite. He's really Eddie, nice. Eddie has set the mood. He's playing the bangles. He's got some cheap red wine. Mm, beautiful. Um, which, which, honestly, like nothing so sexy like the bangles and some cheap red was wine. Was it Walk Like an Egyptian? Uh, no, it was... Um. Oh fuck! What was it? I just know it was the Bangles. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you like if because I can't remember. I'm really normally good with music, and I just couldn't remember. Oh, it's Eternal Flame. It's yes, it was here. Eternal Flame. I've got it written here. Um, I am efficient. <laughs> <laughs> I would have laughed. It was Walk Like an Egyptian. That I would have been really like, "That's really weird." Choice. Yeah, but, was um, Eternal Flame. Eddie actually says to. Uh, Lafayette, I always look forward to Mondays. First I watch Heroes, then I have you. And I was like, that's what I did on Mondays, but just the Heroes. I feel really bad for Eddie because he's like, would you still, do you still love, uh, do you still like me? Like, even if I wasn't contributing, would you yeah. still come and visit me? Um, and I just, it's so sad to hear Eddie say that. He's so alone. He's so alone. But, like, the way that Lafayette is, like, laying it on and that kind of thing, it's, like, he's giving Eddie that connection that he craves. Yeah. Also, Lafayette makes, like, donating blood seem borderline enjoyable. Yeah. He makes it look really easy. Yeah. And, like, I would go and donate every week. If Lafayette was my phlebotomist, I would let him 
I would go and donate more blood. I would probably be less of a pain in the ass to go and give um go and get my blood tests. Yeah. yeah. Although the one of the times I did go um and get my blood tests, um my phlebotomist was singing um Adelaide. Um because he'd seen my um Was my... it Adelaide by um Amberlynn. Was it? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Oh, I love Amberlynn. Because he's like he's seen my he saw my my notes my my name tag on my thing and he's like Adelaide and he's like I'm like yeah and he started singing it and I'm like this is not the first time somebody's made this joke you're like thank you (laughs) but the last time it was the um Jack Jack Johnson um it's a song it was actually the song about Adelaide place oh I wouldn't know there was there was another one who was that one by I only know the Amberlynn song (laughs) Google that one. Where am I? Search. How often do I have to Google my name? Ben Folds. Oh, okay. I know Ben Folds, but I don't know that song. I only know and, Rock in the Suburbs. And apparently there's a Paul Kelly song as well. Oh, lovely. I mean, who doesn't want a song written about them by Paul Kelly? Right. I'd love that. There you go. They did write, he did write one. It was called Dumb Things. <laughs> <laughs> me. It's about me. <laughs> I don't even know if that's Paul, that's Paul Kelly, isn't it? I've no idea. Oh it's my god! It has it's been, been a while. while. It's been a while since I've listened to Paul Kelly. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. True so plug. Bill basically tells Sookie we're going to Fantasia. Eric ordered us there, and um, Sookie's <laughs> a little bit confused. She's like, "Oh no." Bill's like, you said you wanted to go out. And she's like, yeah, not to Fantasia. Yeah. <laughs> she's, got, she's got like a bouquet and she's in like, she's got like, look, doesn't look like she's like brushed her hair, but she's in like a pretty dress. Yeah, she looks really, I think she's got jeans and like a, um, like a off the shoulder top on. Because yeah. she actually describes it in the book and they actually put her in that outfit. Yeah, so I was like, she looks, looks yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I wanted to go out and I want to go to Fantasia. I don't want to go here. Um, and then Bill kind of explains the uh, the hierarchy a little bit more, that Eric is the sheriff of Area 5 and that they don't want to upset him. I have something to interject. <laughs> yes. Adelaide? Um, <laughs> I have a question to ask on my own podcast because um, <laughs> we kind of jumped ahead. Um, so I have this weird observation. So just j- quickly jumping back to Lafayette and Eddie. Yeah. Um, I know it's HBO, so we're not exactly walking new territory or anything like that. Um, But after Lafayette draws the blood and that kind of thing, they um, Lafayette fulfills his part of the bargain by giving Eddie sex. Yeah. Um, But this is 2008, and we're seeing a full-on kissing scene by two grown men. men. Yeah, Yeah, with two men. So, like, two women kissing in 2008 probably wasn't that unheard of. But yeah. by two men and, like, an interracial kiss, this was groundbreaking. Yeah, especially um, for mainstream media and, and something that HBO was trying to push into the mainstream as well, not just for vampire fans or for Sookie Stackhouse Chronicle fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. this is still kind of taboo for 2021. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it depends what genre you're looking at. I watch a lot of um, independent horror films, so it is quite common for me, especially because I watch a lot of uh, films directed by uh, black filmmakers and by POC filmmakers and Mm. definitely queer filmmakers. And so if you, you know, you're jumping on Shudder, it's something you're going to come across 
a lot and it's not done in a oh this is groundbreaking kind of yeah way but if you whereas if true blood was yeah but if you're looking at something on say mainstream media yeah this is still going to be something that is quite controversial and your audience is going to be like what and I don't want to use the word controversial. It's going to be something that is less unheard of. Yeah. Um, and with stuff that's ha- like that happened recently, say like the mail-in vote for fucking um, uh, same-sex marriage, which mm. stirred up the likes of fucking Lyle Sheldon, each year Lyle, um, you know, it put a big spotlight on showcasing um, – the queer community, and I yeah, say absolutely. queer. I say queer in an affirming in an affirming way. I call yeah, myself. Queer. I call myself bi- queer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a bisexual woman in a straight conforming relationship. I married a, a cis man, um, but it's still really really ugly because you see a lot of queer people still use just props and tropes. Yeah, absolutely. That that's something that you know by having LGBT creators out in in making mainstream media is going to help. Uh, dissolve the that stereotypical prop trope like um like they're filling a quota we've done something that should appease the queer community when yeah exactly and this is why representation matters and why opinion pieces that you see on facebook and twitter and all that kind of stuff matter lafayette is revolutionary yeah he's fantastic he is still revolutionary in 20 in 2008 he's unheard of and it is just really good to see yeah he was was he was always my favorite character and the thing is like I wasn't too sure on my sexuality when I was watching this show I was pretty sure I was straight oh yeah I was like girls are are cool but I I could never date one that was yep come 2021 definitely pansexual and (laughs) totally fine yeah, um, I, I, one of one of my friends came out as um, non-binary in my kitchen, and I was, I asked him, I was like, "Cool, okay, what do you want on your waffles?" <laughs> but also, um, are you? How do you feel? Yeah, <laughs> Does it like, feel good? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just. Let's have some waffles. <laughs> and my my friend, my friend was really like worried about sharing this information. Yeah, with of me, course. And I'm just, and I was just like, mate, it's fine. Like my. Like I, I mum friend the friends. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as somebody who as somebody who doesn't have the best relationship with their mother, I mum friend the friends. Yeah. So my friends come to me and they're like, "Oh yeah, my I'm I'm bisexual. I'm in okay. a poly, I, I'm in a poly relationship. I'm I'm you know non-binary." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. What do you want for dinner?" <laughs> it's it's this, we're it's still this, friends. It's all good. Still, yeah, it's 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 a it's a non thing. Like I'm yeah. I'm glad that you came to me and that you've told me this so that I can respond to you appropriately now. But also, okay. um, me, me being the food motivated Labrador that I am, what do you want for dinner? Yeah. All right, let's have dinner and then let's we can talk about it if you want. If you don't exactly. want to, then we don't have to. It's exactly. totally fine. Yeah. So having having Lafayette there, and as we've discussed previously, Lafayette doesn't necessarily conform to gender norms either. No, because, not at all. Um, you know, he he's pronouns are he him but you know he's very effeminate or he's very masculine and depending on how he feels yeah. as as he progresses through true blood he definitely sort of starts to feel more feminine but you know he's and i loved up that he, um yeah exactly as someone who was quite an androgynous person through my teen years um i've realized that i'm just very gender queer i don't my my pronouns are she they but i don't you could call me he him if you want i don't care <laughs> Like, it's just, like, I'm either, some days I have very masculine days and some days I have very, uh, very f- feminine days, but you'll rarely find Definitely. me in a 
specific um, style of clothing. That's And I think that that's got a lot to do with ADHD, body dysphoria as well, and identity confusion. And, you know, look, there's lots that go along with, you know, how I dress and behave and um, yeah, I just I I actually do like hanging out in that little androgyny zone, which and not is to go really entirely cool. off And not to go entirely off topic, which is not something this podcast does entirely like at <laughs> Never. all ever. What are you I talking about? How, I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that we grew up in the emo scene. I think it would have a lot to do with it. Um, I am not a person that wears a lot of makeup, or um, I do when I go out because I love 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 either going super crazy or super mm-hmm. you know chilled um for a really long time I didn't like to have my hair curly because I thought there were all these expectations of you know straight hair is pretty and I have like the biggest bounciest hair in the entire world besides like one other person that I know um but the point I'm trying to make is that characters like Lafayette kind of found I found solidarity in because mm-hmm. I was just like look at how he expresses himself and You know, he does come across some confrontations, but it's okay if I want to wear a dress, but it's also okay if I want to wear cargo pants and a singlet and a pair of Doc Martens and no makeup or a band shirt and a pair of jeans, which would have come from my emo days. (laughs) But it's also okay if I want to wear those Doc Martens, those cargo shorts, that singlet and some winged eyeliner, some gold eyeshadow and a huge fluttery pair of um, eyelashes. And also if I want to wear really big fucking hoops with it. Exactly. (laughs) And this is why why I love characters like Lafayette because they are artistic in their development. Yeah, and and their identity, you know, the way that their arc um, continues to build their identity. Mm -hmm. That was was that was my rant. That was my rant was that Lafayette is a revolutionary. Yeah, and I think that watching this at, you know, 18, 19, I was like, okay, there are people who are masculine and feminine. Like, I used to wear skinny leg jeans, a pair of Vans, a band shirt, and a military jacket everywhere. That was my outfit. I for like, do it. So I still <laughs> Except I fucked one of the patches on my jacket, and now it's got, like, this gross sticky bit on it, and I was like, fuck, I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> Isopropic alcohol. Oh, I have some of that. I'm going to give it a go. I'm just um, going to really stick the the patch back on. But <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, back to True Blood. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's more discussion about go back going back to Fantasia and everybody. There's more discussion yeah. about the pecking order because they talk more about the sheriffs in this. And, um, yeah. Eric is the sheriff of Area Five, and Bill is talking about how um, you respect if, the sheriffs. Yes, and... You respect the sheriffs. They're very powerful in the hierarchy of vampires. And if they would like to be left alone, then they must acquiesce to his requ- to Eric's request yeah. um, for as long as they need to, um, and Eric will generally just leave them be. Wishful thinking there, Bill. <laughs> she, Suki goes on to tell Bill about the dream before they get out of the car, and he says, it wouldn't happen quite like that. I wouldn't immediately burst into flames. <laughs> Which I kind of giggled at, because Suki looks like, what? The look... <laughs> Suki shoots Bill in the car. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we have to kind of do this thing. And Suki's like, excuse me, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. Okay. She is like, she's so mad. And yeah, she's like, oh yeah, this is what happened. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, it wouldn't necessarily happen like that. Um, I would be weakened by the sun and I would probably charge work wrist, but then eventually like burst into flames and die. But yeah, there's, there's a little bit before the bursting into flames. <laughs> there's like, there's a whole, there's so a it's whole like thing. a whole thing. 
There's a whole sequence. We, we're, there's phases. Yeah, there is phases. Stages of death. Um, and then Suki looks really dejected because she goes, I guess we'll never have breakfast together then. Yeah, and they're not Which, going to. He's a vampire, yeah, Suki. Yeah, I'm like... Yeah, I'm like, you know this. Like You know. Yeah, like they've made up some of the they've made up some of like the rumors about themselves, like the whole like mirror thing, but yeah, he's a vampire. They don't do sunlight. They're allergic to it. What were you thinking was gonna happen? You ain't getting breakfast, bitch. You're gonna have to have it on your own. I mean I do. That's because my partner lives two hours away in a different LGA and we don't know what the rules are on visiting. Anyway, um <laughs> so Tara goes to visit uh her Miss voodoo Jeanette. Miss Jeanette, her voodoo Miss lady. Jeanette. Who says, I've been expecting you. Dun 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 dun. Um, Andy checks up on Sam's naturist story where the man Clothing Optional Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking they're talking about how like they're the oldest they've got records back to like 1952 and they've never yeah. heard of like no more there's no malots and all this kind of stuff and andy's like yeah i fucking knew it i fucking knew it he's getting his detective skills out yeah fine um back at fantasia uh which has closed for the night eric is asking Suki to listen to uh their accountant who they think has embezzled sixty thousand dollars from them Eric said it would be a favour to him and Belle if she'd listen in. Um, so Suki, Suki does the dumb thing and she's like, okay, well... I've I'll do it. Because <laughs> she, she's like, okay, well, what will happen if um, I find these people? And Longshadow's like, oh, we'll turn them over to the police. <laughs> Don't worry she's about like, it. And she's like, you're hundreds of years old and you're still a terrible liar. You, you fuck. Um, you idiot. So she, she actually reveals that the accountant is innocent because he's like sweating bullets. Before that, though, she says, I will do whatever you want, whenever you want, if you hand them over to the police. Yeah. And Eric, like Alexander Skarsgård, does the devilish grin like so well. He's like, <laughs> really? Really? You will? Okay. I'll do this Excellent. thing for you. Like, this is going to come back and bite her in the eye. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you're going to have little fang bites on your booty. On your bum. On your little southern peach, my dude. Yeah. Um, So, over again at Eddie's, Lafayette is leaving. Um, And as he pulls away, Amy and Jason go head up towards the door. So, here's a fun little fact. Did you listen to the song? No. The song is The Fourth Man on Fire. Oh, no way. The song is singing about the fourth man on fire. Didn't even realise. I thought you'd like that. I like that. You know I love a music fact. (laughs) I know you like a music fact. That's Um, a music fact. There you go. Besides, it's not uh, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. Uh, (laughs) Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles, (laughs) which I maintain is the sexiest song. It is a really good song. I might put it on while I work out tomorrow. Um... Eddie is watching Steve Newland talk about how he doesn't want his children molested by vampires on the playground at school. And I'm like, dude, what time what? do you think children are at school? <laughs> how do you think vampirism works? Also, Newland. why are vampires oh, pedophiles all of a sudden? <laughs> I love Steve Newland so much. But he's on a pro-vampire talk show. No, well, it's he's the, the, the thing that's happening is that a vampire... A, a, 
pro-vampire human is reviewing that's, it. Ah, so she's got the TV that's and right. you're watching this thing and she's like, hmm, Steve Newland, I think you doth protest too much. I yeah. have a couple of vampires who'd love to take a bite out of you. <laughs> oh, oh, I love Steve so Newland. Much. I can't wait till we get to this. It's going to be so much fun. You think we're unhinged now, folks. You oh, just that season is, yeah, I've said it over and over again, it's probably my favourite because we have Godric and we, we get to find out who Godric is and um, the end of there's, that there's season some, breaks me. There is some proper character development. And like, yeah. It's it's kind of played in two parts too because there's everything that's happening in Dallas and there's everything that's happening in Bonton. And yes, it's... it's Oh, it's really interesting and I think that I really enjoy it for for the storytelling um mm-hmm. whereas like some of the seasons really fall apart but the- I'm, I'm up to seven seasons and it's <laughs> really falling apart <laughs> oh god mm-hmm. I feel for you um so the doorbell rings and Eddie answers and he kind of just like looks through the peephole yeah, or like a, Jason's like a- Jason's it's like the top of the window it's like a yeah because he like peeps thing. through like a Slot. Yeah, and Jason's there. He's like, I'm a friend of Lafayette. Uh, my name's Jason. I'm a friend of Lafayette's. He sent me for you because Jason knows he's only a piece of ass. Um, and Eddie's like, mm, okay, I'm going to open the door. And then, bam, over comes Amy with a silvered hood. Yeah, and where Jason the fuck did she get that? Freaks the fuck out. Yeah, because he was not expecting that at all. But um, she calls the shots now and she orders Jason to tie up Eddie's feet with her necklace. Even though he's still freaking out, he helps carry Eddie to the car and throw him in the back. Um, so Jason's starting to realise that he might be a little bit too deep when his yeah. girlfriend Silver's a vampire and starts calling him a dumbass. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely not her first rodeo. No, she's definitely a drainer and done this before. She has done this before. She's like, no name's dumbass and like tie him up and all this kind of stuff. She has done this before. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I fucking can't stand her. I was like, Jason's a dickhead, but he, like. Because Jason explicitly says, I thought we were just going to get some, like, get some vials. Yeah. And she's like, shut up, help me pick him up. And they, like, toss him into the back of the truck. Yeah. I was like, what? Poor Eddie. Oh. My friend has a French bulldog named Eddie. And oh. every time I say every, I just think of it and I just go, oh, poor Eddie. <laughs> Because you have to say Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Oh, Eddie Murphy's Eddie. Uh, delirious. Eddie. <laughs> You're welcome. I know every word to raw and delirious. <laughs> okay, I, I know random bits and pieces from things. Oh, I've seen them so many times. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the last we see of Amy and Jason for this episode. Uh, Suki is listening to the last of the human employees because the accountant it's Ginger! Had- yeah, had had thought of a name and it was Ginger because Suki, you know, asks to speak to Ginger. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she, Ginger sits down and Eric's like, talk to the nice lady and she's like, yes, master, I love Ginger so much. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, Ginger, Ginger is this very skinny mm. um, human. She's got fang marks all over her. Um, she's she walks in in this mini skirt. These little she works there as like well. Silver, yeah, like this this silver like boob tube thing. Yeah, she like mm. works there. I think she's um, a bartender there. Yeah, she's she's like the the human who maintains the place during the day. That that's kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Um, I love I love Ginger. She's great. She's through the entire thing. She's so funny. 
Um, so he's <sighs> listening to Ginger um, and honestly thinks that it wasn't her, but she so, knows that Ginger knows who did it. Yeah. And then Suki says, Ginger, who was it? And then TV static. Somebody flipped Ginger's switch. What? Don't, when Suki says. Oh, when in Suki her brain. Asks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not the end of the episode. <laughs> no, it's. it's. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Battle. Um, when 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 Suki when Suki asked Ginger what happened, yeah. it, her mind goes entirely like yeah. she was glamoured. That's what happens when humans get glamoured. It is static. I like to, th- I like to think that's fibro fog. Yeah, well, that's migraine fog. That's that's what happens when you get fog. That's ADHD fog where you're just like, oh. Uh, um, tacos. and then <laughs> and then it sort of cuts. Well, they, the vampires, like, Bill, uh, Pam is there, Eric, they're like, oh, wait, she's been glamoured. It's a vampire. And Who could it be? all of a sudden, someone lunges over at Sookie. We don't see who it is, but there's fangs out, and they are choking her out. And then it cuts to Fair. the Eagles of Death Metal. Duh. I love you so hard. I love you so good. Which is a banging song. Oh, I love that it song. It is a banging song. I think that's probably the only Eagles of Death Metal song I know. Uh, yeah, like, that's by like, memory. Yeah. Um, Eagles of Death Metal is significantly underrated, but that is a proper banger. Yeah, that's such a good song. I think I've mm-hmm. seen them at Soundwave. Probably. Probably. I feel like I was like... They kind of remind them. me a little bit of the beards. Oh, I hate the beards. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I've just associated the Eagles of Death Metal with the beards oh. here. I'm sorry. It's okay. It. Don't worry. I've got, like, the memory of a fish. I'll... <laughs> Somebody will come and go. I'll swim around my bowl and I'll be I'll be over it. <laughs> it's fine. So that, that is Season 1, Episode 8, The Fourth Man on Fire. What do we reckon? Um, I really like this episode because I felt a little bit of compassion toward, and empathy towards Bill. Which, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't stick around a lot for any other episode for me with him. Um, I love, you know, more to do with Fantasia and Eric and Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that Jason is starting to think for himself at this point. Or starting to realise he needs to. I don't think he is. I think he's getting sucked in. Oh, yeah. Um. I, I'm actually the opposite of you. I feel like this is a little bit of filler. Oh, that's fair. I can't um, see why it would be filler. There's a lot of storylines happening that they're setting up for the next two episodes. So we've got one, two, three, four more episodes left in the season. Yeah. So this feels like a little bit of filler. So, like, again, they're sort of establishing the relationship between Amy. They're trying to establish her into the um, into the community. The next episode gets really, really good. I think that's yeah. where it's going to start ramping up. This one feels a yeah, little bit of, of a lull. Yeah, I can see why you'd think it. that. Because, you know, you've um, got Tara going to visit the voodoo lady, Andy checking hmm. up on Sam's story. Like, there's lots of um, threads left to be tied. So Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not, like, episode two or three filler. filler? Oh, God. Um, but it definitely feels a little bit more like um, just that lull that yeah. doesn't quite hit the spot. Yeah, it's kind of like that 
that tiny bridge between two episodes where they're like, oh shit, okay, we've got heaps to set up and we only have four episodes left. Yeah, exactly. The True Blood seasons are quite short. They're not yeah, like exactly. you know, a 24 episode TV show. Yeah, this is only 12 episodes. Season two is only 12 episodes. Yeah, they're only 12 episodes yeah. so long. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to sort of ramp up to the end. And the nice thing is that they all interlock really well, so it doesn't yeah. feel like one season ends and another episode to meet another season starts. And I like love that about the show. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, the books do that as well. Yeah, um, so it's just kind of ramping up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really keen to get next episode done. I love next episode. So. Yeah, I just I did like this episode because of the stories that it's establishing for the rest of. Like, there's going to be some. Um, a twist ending, um, mm-hmm. keeping kicking lots of butt, um, consequences for Amy and Jason, you know, it's... Uh... Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences <laughs> of their actions. <laughs> and obviously, you know, um, uh, Sam's supernatural secret revealed. Yes, we do. We do find out some interesting things. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's this episode. I apologise for it being so unhinged this week, ladies and gentlemen. We lost um, the plot a little bit over the last two. We've been in lockdown for five weeks. Five, five weeks? Four weeks. Five. Is it? Time, time has lost all meaning. We were, I went into lockdown on the 23rd of June, so it's been a month. The, day, the same day you did, the 24th. No, I went the Thursday. I went the Thursday before. Wednesday, Thursday, twenty third. Oh God, it has been a month. Yeah, it's my niece was my... Luna's fifth birthday this weekend. That was my start date, the twenty third. Oh, was I really only in training for a week? God. Yeah, Ooh. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so it has been a month, Lord. Okay, yeah, so four weeks. Um, we still have another two, two. weeks, a week uh, and a no, half, a week and a half. But we all know no, that's getting week. extended. It'll be a week next week. Yeah. Um, we just fuck. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're gonna need it. Um, yeah, as, as send always, questions. Yes, as always send questions. We have um, the Club Dead podcast, uh, the Club Dead podcast. This thing, um, the Club Dead Discord, <laughs> which we are, is now open. We yeah. have some recommendations for books. There is apparently a True Blood um, cookbook. Yeah, we should do um, it. We should definitely look into that. Yeah, that I, I definitely want to look into. We have a, a trollo that we've got just for us that we've got yeah. um, essay episodes that we want to work on. If you want to ask us questions or give us recommendations for episodes, excuse me, um, reach out. We've got the, the Twitter. We've got all sorts of things that you can reach out yeah, to Yeah, we're on. both on Twitter. I'm at catstead underscore and Adelaide, where I'm, are you? I'm, I don't know. Hang on. Let me let me find out. <laughs> I am – what am I? Um, I am uh, – at, um, at gamer underscore raid, R-A-D-E. Nice. Um, which is where you can find me on Twitch as well, where I stream and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. And um, then, of course, fun. the Club Dead pod. Twitter. Yeah, and you've got your horror movie podcast. We're just going to plug it Oh, yeah. Um, TGIF. This week is part one of, uh, fuck, um, a two-parter that I did with a really cool friend of mine, Andres, and we talked about It and It Chapter 2, So, which are movies I fucking adore. Um, I really need to watch those ones that I was talking about oh, the other day. Watch. I hear really good things about them. They're um, they're phenomenal. Um, so I might watch those this weekend. Do it. They're really long. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The second one's like uh, just over two hours. Ooh. But then, like, you don't feel like you're sitting there for that long. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. 
Cool. Well, yeah. that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. And those are where that's where we're going to And that's the episode. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>